Welcome to Your Funeral Coach Talks, a bi-monthly podcast hosted by Lisa Bowie, founder of Your Funeral Coach, a consulting and mentoring company serving the funeral, cremation, and cemetery profession. Listen in today to the Elevating Women in Funeral Service series as she interviews thought leaders and difference makers in her profession. Well, good day, everyone. This is Lisa Bowie again, and we are here with Marguerite Hamm. Uh, Today, we're talking about elevating women in funeral service and elevating women in business. Um, It's interesting, Marguerite, the day we're recording this is International Girls Day. And I've seen some places posted as International Girls Child Day. uh, But International Girls Day is about supporting young girls around the world and empowering them to make something of themselves and to live their dreams and to make their dreams a reality. So I just thought it'd be kind of cool that we talk a little bit about our childhood maybe uh, today and and what it was like growing up and how we became where we are today in business. But first, I think we should introduce you to our audience. And and I know you're a leadership trainer. You and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, you you train in, in in a variety of topics, but you you really excel in the area of, of leadership and and meditation. And you've trained our staff at Bowie's for so many years, and you've been around uh, you know probably thousands and thousands of funeral directors. So tell us a little bit about yourself today, Marguerite. So uh, let's see. I started over 30 years ago in the world of memory, teaching people how to remember things, names, faces, facts, and details. And as fate would have it, different doors were opening up as clients, as I was interacting with different clients, they were saying, gosh, what else do you do? So it moved into priority management, and then it moved into coaching. Then I became a certified coach, and now the majority of my business is all around leadership development, which has truly landed where my passion and calling is. So that's kind of my journey in a nutshell. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, I know I know you teach in funeral service quite a bit, and um, mm-hmm. you're very connected with the uh, Selected Independent Funeral Homes Leadership Academy. And um, last time I was there, I noticed that the uh, the room was filled with probably mm, maybe one third women. One third? Is it it growing a little bit? It's growing. It's more than that. Yeah. Our latest latest leadership academy, the majority is women. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. It's 80% women. So guys, all you guys that are listening out there today, if you really want to meet some women, you know, go to the leadership academy. That's where they are. So women are, 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 are life learners, a lot of women, young women that I've met, and they're really like sponges soaking it up. Let's, well, let's talk because it's International Girls Day. Let's talk a little bit about being a girl and what that means. And, and today, with social media so prevalent and, and the focus in variety of these social media uh, places where it's all about the body and how you look and about the dress and, and, and what you're wearing, you know, we felt the pressure back when we were young. Um, in, in high school, of course, as well. And we just, and you and I have talked to some high school kids and we also talked to, to, you know, the young adults and the need to be seen as professional, the need to be seen as uh, beauty. I mean, all the beauty things that are out there today, right? Yep, so when we were in. girl, right. When we were girls, um, that was, that was there. I'm remembering that. And, and, you know, I was, my mom tried to get me in a dress a lot. I, it didn't work very well. I, I was in my jeans and my cowboy boots and I was on my horse and, you know, cleaning stalls and just riding out in the open and I could care less about that dress stuff. 
And uh, but you were you did some things in high school, I think, as a as a girl, and you grew up um, in, in totally different than I did, because um, yeah. I, I grew up as a tomboy, and and you grew up as kind of more of a girly girl. I'm thinking, I don't know. No, no? actually, I grew no? up as a tomboy. I had an older brother ah. that I got pummeled by. <laughs> oh, oh well, there it is, because I had younger yeah. brothers and I just beat them up. So <laughs> yeah, he was four years older than me, and so no, I was not a girly girl at all. Um, okay. As a matter of fact, I was you know very much into athletics. I was very, believe it or not. I was very internal and withdrawn in my youth all the way through high school. Right. Um, so much so I didn't even go to any of the proms or even my senior prom. And in my senior prom, I really wanted to go and asked five different guys and they turned me, all of them turned me down. So I like, you know, drew back into my, <laughs> into my cave. It was kind of funny. Well, but, anybody uh, that knows you and dream. sees you, you are absolutely gorgeous. You have red <laughs> hair and you're short and petite and, and you're just a beautiful woman. So I can't imagine that. Um, you know, I was in high school. I remember well, or even earlier, buck teeth and braces and skinny. Me and now <laughs> yeah, none of us really liked what we looked like, right? So, but as a girl, Don't you know how we're how right all over my face too. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, well, yeah, there was that, and on top of the braces, right? Great. So, well, I want to celebrate International Girls Day today on this podcast because I think that young women today have some wonderful opportunities, especially in funeral service, that were not there when, when, when I was growing up. And women were not encouraged to join our profession. In fact, my dad sent me off to college and said, I just want you to go grow up, Lisa. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't really take a business class. I didn't know anything about running businesses. And he didn't even invite me or ask me to come into funeral service until later on, until after I graduated and, and did grow up a little bit, I guess. So I don't know if I grew up in college or not, but I, I don't remember being encouraged to uh, become a leader in the business world, which I'm sure hoping that young women are being more encouraged to work on their leadership skills and work to make something of themselves. What was it like for you, Marguerite, when you were growing up? I mean, as far as encouraging you to become a businesswoman, which you are, you know, an incredible businesswoman and been running your own business for well over 30 years. Well, it, it, it's kind of interesting um, to think, to reflect on, you know, way back then. I pretty much was a person who lived very much in the moment day to day. Um, and, you know, I was in and out of all girls Catholic schools. I was in it in when I was um, in grammar school. Then for two years, I went to public school. Then I was put back into an all girls um, uh, school that was seventh, eighth, ninth grade. And um, during those years, I mean, it was all girls and had no interaction with boys. And then oh. when I went back in my sophomore year of high school to a, I went from 200 girls to 1200 co-ed school. And I remember mm. that first day vividly, like it was yesterday, walking around the hallway with all these people completely overwhelmed. My heart was racing. I, you know, I <laughs> took me forever to find the homeroom class. And when I walked in that door, Lisa, there was one chair left and it was surrounded by boys. My heart literally stopped and I was mortified. I was like, I can't, 
I can't sit in that chair surrounded by boys. And I oh, went funny. and sat next to the window. And this was back when there was no air conditioning. And this is New Jersey. And it's 100 years old, 100 oh, degrees out at 100% humidity. And I'm sitting on the windowsill, literally water just pouring off my face and my oh, body. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But I, I mean, and that pretty much was my high school experience. I had a hard time talking um, to boys. I really never became part of a clique. Um, so Marguerite, you, a, yeah, you, you don't have a hard time talking anymore. So how did you anymore. get, how did you get from there? You know, what, what lessons can we, we teach young women today on how do you get from there back there to where so you are today? That's a really great question. And what comes to mind for me in this moment, and, and what's really interesting for those of you who are listening, Lisa and I are completely doing this off the cuff. And so she's asking me questions that we have not discussed. <laughs> so you're getting true guttural responses here. Well, that, that's the whole idea is to learn yeah. from each other and, and, and to learn more about all of us. And hopefully we can inspire young women today to become um, great leaders. I mean, that's the whole purpose to your funeral coach is, is, is to help leaders grow and, yeah. and especially the Elevating Women series. So yeah. how did you get from there? What, what do you think are the keys to your success of getting to where you are today as a great so, speaker and a great trainer? In my junior year, I took a job and I was always very athletic. That's one thing I had going for me. I was a great gymnast. Um, pretty much gym was my best class. I was not a very good student. But in my junior year, I took a job at a place called Light and Lovely Figure Salon. <laughs> which is no longer in existence. Wow. But I started teaching exercise classes and somebody put, you know, took me under their wing. I don't remember um, who it was. I remember it was an older woman and she was quite stunning and I can't think of her name um, right in this moment, but she took me under her wing and taught me how to teach women to get in shape. And when I started teaching those exercise classes and I became really good at it, I kind of started building my self-esteem. And what's interesting is, is that it was through something that I was really passionate about and also naturally good at. And so I think truly, Lisa, to answer your question, it's that's that was the beginning is I found my way, not not consciously or with intention, to a job that I was naturally good at and found I had a passion about. And then I started building my self-esteem from that. Sure, sure. You know what? Building resilience is part of becoming a leader because you, especially in a, in a male-dominated profession, which women are still in, in funeral service, um, they're still trying to get to that leadership role. Some have made it, very, very few. But there's quite a number of role models along the way, like the lady that, that you used to work for. Um, I remember back when uh, my dad, when I first, first started to join my dad in the business, he took me to this, this meeting a couple of years later called the Women in Funeral Service Program. And, and I met there some incredible young, well, not young, I was young, you know, kind of middle-aged women. And one of them was a past president of a of, of a funeral directors association of which she was probably Sandra Strong was probably the only only woman who was a president of any national association and it was of the cemetery association which is now International Cemetery and Funeral Association ICCFA so Sandra used to jump out of airplanes and she wore a pink jumpsuit 
<laughs> and she was known as the pink lady long before she became a funeral director. And I think her dad, her dad died young and she ended up, you know, taking over the family business and kind of learning it without, without the education that, that, uh, you know, going to mortuary school and growing up in the business, that, that wasn't a thing. Uh, she didn't do that back then. And I didn't either. Um, and it's really having that resiliency, you know, and lack of fear. I mean, when you ride horses, Marguerite, hmm, you don't know what they're going to do, right? They can be unpredictable. They can stop, they can go, they can jump, they can rear, they can (laughs) do all those good things. And, uh, you know, I've been on a few trail rides together. We've seen that happen. You have to be resilient and get back on the horse. You can't give up, right? Oh, yeah. Right. And, and this is this is 2021 when we're recording this. So we're still kind of sort of in the pandemic. We're coming out of it, we hope. But uh, there's been a lot of a lot of people, young women wearing out, uh, probably le- wanting to leave the profession. They're exhausted, especially if they're moms or single moms. You and I have both been single moms and tried to raise our kids as well as as keep our jobs going. Right. Yep. And so I, I think I think resilience is is one of the keys. So how can we help these young women and help ourselves have more resilience, Marguerite? Well, you know, it, I think it's so interesting. Um, we're recording this on October 11th, 2021. And the very first Girls International Day was October 11th, 2012. So this is year nine for this. Mm. Yeah. And the United Nations was actually the assembly that declared October 11th as the International Day of the Girl Child. And right. I think when we start talking about resilience, it really starts back when we are children, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be one of the challenges today is that, you know, when you and I grew up, we had a lot of natural, organic experiences that helped us build resilience. And I think a lot of our youth today doesn't have a lot of those same experiences. There's been a lot of, you know, the term is, I guess, helicopter parenting and where the parents are controlling kids' schedules. You're going from here to here to here to here to here. Right, right. And, And I think those natural organic situations, like for you and I, you and I both were, were, were girls who rode horses. And I can tell you back in those days, people threw us up on horses and sent us out on trail. There was no waivers. There were no waivers signed. No, that's <laughs> there, right. There was no person, uh, you know, in front of us. I vividly remember my brother and I taking horses out that were not ours and going out on trail and running those horses at a dead gallop as fast as we could go down these dirt roads and heading straight into the trees. And I mean, it's a miracle that I, we, neither one of us were decapitated. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. oh yeah. <laughs> but, well, you know, my, my grandfather, I've told you this story, had a farm down in Southern Illinois, Grandpa Bowie, the our founder of our funeral home. Um, and we had Shetland ponies. Of course, I had a, a great, great horse to ride. His name was Lucky and he was, he was a pinto and he was really cool. But I had to help break those Shetland ponies for my cousins, my younger cousins who were coming. And I got to get on top of Thunder and Lightning. <laughs> I bet they were. I bet their names fit them well. <laughs> oh, yes. Thunder was actually okay once she got him settled down. But Lightning was a little turd. And, and, and I got bucked off, I can't tell you how many times, on these little bitty saddles. My legs are down next to the ground. And my grandfather, you know, sometimes it hurt. Sometimes I was, I was crying. 
And, 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 you know, there's been times in, in business where you're hurt and you just sit down and you just start crying. But he, he taught me some good life lessons. You know, you got to get back on, on that pony or that horse and you got to get back on and show him, show him who, who the boss is, because there's only one way to, to get that pony to settle down after a long winter's rest so that they're rideable again. And, and you can do this, Lisa. And he would just tell me, you can do this. So let's get back on this Shetland pony. And as much as I didn't want to, and as sore as I was every year, um, you know, he was right. You got to get back in the game. So how do we teach resilience today? Or, you know, is it possible for those of us maybe listening that need to find more resilience and want to become more resilient, but maybe we don't have the skills to be as resilient as we would like to be. We, we give up too easily because I'm seeing millennials, a lot of them, change jobs every couple of years. They're not sticking it out like, boy, I mean, we used to, you know, and we would change when we felt we wanted to change and do something different. But um, being in funeral service, you have to have a lot of resilience and getting through COVID, the funeral directors and the work that they did and the sheer hours they put in. I mean, if you're not resilient, I don't know how you survived it. And, and yeah. maybe some of them aren't. Maybe some of them are saying, I'm done. I just don't want to do this anymore. How do we help become more resilient. That would be something good to learn. Resilience is absolutely associated with inner strength, competence, optimism, flexibility, and the ability to cope effectively when faced with adversity, difficulties, and so on. And, And being able to minimize the impact of risk factors, such as, you know, stressful life events like COVID, um, being pushed to the max, like funeral mm. directors and the, all, you know, all funeral professionals, um, and really finding ways to pause in the moment and think, okay, I'm feeling really burnt out. Compassion fatigue has is on the rise right now. Right. Um, and thinking to myself, okay, I've, I've, I have survived before. If I survived before, I can survive now. Okay. And when we think about um, compassion fatigue, it's, it's interesting. I just today came across an article uh, by a woman by the name of Nicole Pejere, um that's dated October 5th. And it says, here's how to retain your humanity, even if you're feeling burnt out. And some of the things it says is, first of all, know it's normal. Don't think that feeling tired or burnt out is not normal. Compassion fatigue is a part of many professions and know that you're not alone. But it's okay to say no, right? As as guilt-ridden, and we all know funeral professionals are those people who will push themselves and put others before themselves, and they need to sometimes say no. I need some time off. I need to recharge. It's okay to ask for help. It's great to be there for others, but also take a break. Compassion fatigue is about creating a balance between your attention to others and the needs, your own you know, specific needs. And, and you know, compassion fatigue is not just due to the pandemic, right? It's right. something that can exist in settings way beyond the pandemic. Anyone who's a full-time caretaker, whether you're a nurse or you're in hospice or you're a funeral director, I mean, you handle a difficult case and that can just suck the wind out of you. Right. So, so we've got to learn to take better care of ourselves because we, were, we weren't really taught that as young professionals. 
Um, yes. Maybe maybe some of our learning the resilience um, and picking ourselves back up came from our life experiences. So so if young women don't have that and they're feeling burned out right now and they're feeling maybe unappreciated and they're feeling like, you know, do I really want to stay in this profession? I'm never going to get ahead. You know, all these managers are men or I'll, you know, say you want to want to go up and into a leadership position in your state association or into an organization. And, and all you see up there sitting on the stage are, are, are suits of men. Um, you know, one or two women here or there, you know, when I was on the selected board, we actually had three women for the first time in the history of that association. Um, NFDA has, has not yet had a woman president, but there are women, one or two on the board, usually each year. The state associations, I'm seeing one or two on the board each year. Um, women have a lot of work-life balance and they're raising families. And if you're married, great, you've got help. But if you're single, you don't. So developing resilience in yourself, you said a couple of things that I, that I loved. Um, you know, if, if you, you, you have to take care of yourself, you have to find ways to pause, um, exercise, Marguerite. Exercise. I mean, even if you just, even if you're at work and you are in your suit, quote unquote, male or female, just take a break, go outside, walk around the building for five minutes and right. just simply breathe. Leave the cell, cell phone inside for five minutes and just simply disconnect and breathe and let Mother Nature heal you because Mother Nature can, there's a lot of science and research. Um, but even something so simple, and this kind of comes to mind, Lisa, because you're such an amazing cook and I have huh. seen you, there's Sometimes. times where you may be like processing something or ramped up about something and then you move into your cooking and you're you just melt you get huh. into chopping the vegetables and the seasonings and cutting up the food and preparing it and putting it in the pan and stirring it and i mean it that is so, healing for you because right seen so you go change. do something you love to do then get yes. you know yeah yes. do something you enjoy so i also love gardening and sometimes yeah. i remember having some bad business days, I'd, I'd, I'd just go out in my garden and I'd start pulling weeds. You know, it's so nice because you can take it out on the weeds, right? Or in the spring, I'd be planting, you know, and I just chop up all that dirt by hand. And people think I'm crazy. Like, you really do that? I love getting my hands in the dirt, right? And chopping stuff again. up something there's a lot of research out there some people call it earthing some people call it grounding but if you when you have your bare skin whether it's your hands or your feet on the earth it's healing and right. energizing right and so yeah that's a good that's idea a great way to ground. Or go out and hug a tree yeah you know go yeah hug a tree. <laughs> go sit in a park take your lunch away from the office and sit in the park and breathe um, I know some some managers that uh, one of our managers did some great things and he invited me to a staff meeting one day, one week and he said, yeah, but I want you to meet us down here on this in this park at this pavilion. I said, you're having staff meetings in the pavilion? He goes, oh, yeah, they're awesome. And it's down by the Missouri River. And Colby was amazing. And he got us got, got me down there and everybody was relaxed. They were having a picnic lunch. They were just all kind of sitting around in a circle around this, these, these picnic tables and they were having their staff meeting. I mean, yep. what a great idea, right? Oh, yeah. So being more resilient and finding better ways to take breaks and taking care of yourself. So we have to teach this. So you're yeah. saying that the helicopter parent thing and the kids that are being raised now and also this everybody gets a trophy thing, right? That oh, yeah. Teaching Which... people, right, how to fail 
and hey, teaching okay. young women how right. to come and up. allowing them to realize they can survive. When, when people as youngsters, right, and we're talking about International Girls' Day, you know, if we can teach and, and we as a parent, we can allow our children to have small failures and then survive those small failures, that is developing that muscle of resilience. Right. And I think as employers, too, if we have some employers and managers listening to this, you may have yep. some young women that are feeling on the insecure side. Um, and perhaps they're not uh, feeling that they really, really can matter or they can become a leader. I mean, develop them, work with them, help them with everything that, uh, that you possibly can. So, Marguerite, any more advice to young women today about what they can do to become more resilient yes, you know, and grow? Set some, and... Healthy, yeah, set some healthy boundaries with media. You know, all this social media and there's a lot of um, drama and it doesn't matter what your political views are. But, it, it, you know, there's a lot of drama out there and a lot of negativity. Really limit that because it can bring you down. It is contagious. That negativity is contagious. Yeah. Journal your feelings. If you are feeling exhausted, just just for three minutes and if you want if you're exhausted and you just all you want to do is put your head down on your pillow set a timer for three minutes and journal how you're feeling before you go to bed get those last thoughts out of your head so that you can lay your head down and get a good night's sleep and then responsibly you know find some co-workers to talk with or some family members or good friends or significant others to talk with and and talk about what it is that you're feeling and and also if you're you know you know you need some professional support get it give yourself that gift oh that's um, a great idea yeah seek yeah. seek some professional support well all i can say is that if we're raising young girls um for for anyone who is raising a young girl or who is helping young women in their profession um grow and and you know spending time with them helping to give them breaks helping them with exercises um helping them pause i love that word pause we have to pause in our life to to actually uh think through before we make decisions and not make rash decisions to okay i'm done here i, I burn out i need to leave maybe we need to be work on ourselves a little bit more to just check ourselves at the door and say maybe it was part of covid maybe Maybe I need more support from my coworkers and I need to speak up. Maybe I need to talk to my boss about some having some more breaks. I think all those are good, good things. Well, Marguerite, thank you so much for being here with us today and, and uh, on International Women's Child Day uh, and sharing your childhood story as well as uh, some of your keys to being resilient in the workplace as a woman as well as a funeral director. So we appreciate you. And if, if people want to reach out to you, how do they get a hold of you? Oh, well, you can uh, call me on my cell phone, 303-717-5185. You can check out my website, www.margueriteham.com. And the spelling is the French spelling of Marguerite, M-A-R-G-U-E-R-I-T-E. And it's H-A-M, just like the meat. And um, feel free or Marguerite at ignitingsuccess.net. That is my email address. Happy to connect with you and answer any questions and be of support. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm so honored to be a part of these podcasts. Well, you're most welcome. And you can also go to yourfuneralcoach.com. Uh, where Marguerite is one of our collaborative partners and you can connect with her that way too and see more about her and her background and her successes and, and how she trains leaders and organizations. Thanks again. And we'll uh, hopefully have you back on again soon. Bye-bye. 
We hope you enjoyed today's Your Funeral Coach podcast and will join Lisa Bowie and her guests again soon. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear more about. For more information on future shows, please go to yourfuneralcoach.com. If you enjoyed the show, consider giving us a five-star review. Thank you.